Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the next installment of NFT Sundays. I am Colborn Bell with the Museum of Crypto Art, and I am here with the iconic, the legendary, uh, master of all things, Conan Rios of Async Art. Thank you for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, and shout out to Dementi who has brought us here together uh, on this interview and podcast. So, Conlin, uh, I would just like to leave it to you, perhaps, to introduce yourself. Um, you know what you work on, and uh, how it all ties into your your love for NFTs. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm Conlin, founder and CEO of Async Art. Um, for those that are maybe newer to this, um, Async Art is a creation platform for making programmable, interactive, generative art and music. Um, you know, we we started a little more than two years ago. So February 2020 was when we launched. And the biggest distinction between us and the other platforms is that, you know, all the art in our platform is dynamic or interactive in some way. Uh, so, you know, as opposed to just static NFTs, these are NFTs that, you know, either will change with time. Uh, people can own aspects of an NFT, like imagine owning a layer of your favorite artwork and being able to like manipulate the master through it. And um, yeah, you know, that's, that's where we're at. Oh, I have to say that like when I, I started, I guess, collecting artwork in February of, of 2022 or 2020 as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when I came, when somebody asked me to look at async, this was just like mind blowing stuff, right? This is, mm. this is next level. This is incredibly already like crypto art, art as NFTs is very difficult for people to understand and conceptualize. Async has always been that next level. And I think like perhaps like a final frontier of, um, something exceptional i mean where did this idea come to you as to like how and why this should exist yeah no that's a good question um so i've been in crypto you know my background's in mobile and game development so i've, I've been doing that in silicon valley for the past you know 15 years or so um but cryptocurrency has always been a sidetrack uh initially with DeFi, you know I, I was initially building some things in the DeFi space and meeting you know companies and groups there um, but we started collecting NFTs in about 2018 and then 2019 started getting into it heavy. Um, kind of got into this like cool cycle where like, I was like discovering the space, buying NFTs, then being like, well, where do I display these? And so I started buying like metaverse land, building these galleries, displaying NFTs, and then just kind of going back and forth, like fill up a gallery. All right, buy more NFTs, buy a new gallery and just kind of rinse and repeat. Um, got really into it, got to the point where I had like a thousand NFTs probably. And as much as I love all the pieces that I have, I did feel like, okay, all these NFTs, like they're, they're art that could have existed like 20 years ago, like on Instagram or like Dribbble or Behance. And they're using NFTs to monetize, which is great for the creator, great for the collector, but like it wasn't 21st century yet. You know, like I love cyberpunk, I love weird. And I was like, this art static. And being a game developer, I was like, what can we bring in for like the viewer who's essentially the player like the participant in this. Um, so I had this concept around like, what if I could like reach inside a digital painting and like own part of the painting? 
So I started like drafting up this idea around this like fantasy role playing piece where like kind of like Lord of the Rings, where you have a bunch of characters around a campfire, and maybe like I own like the Dwarven Barbarian, like you might own like the Elven Archer, and like we like customize our characters and like kind of like emote or change poses or do stuff and kind of kind of collaborate and have fun. Um, but I'm not an artist, and I was like, this is going to come out terrible if I do it. Maybe I can like commission someone to do the artwork. But then I realized like at the time I was collecting art from like you know a hundred artists in the space. I was hosting these art club meetups in my metaverse galleries um, every month. And I was like, let me just like build something for them to come in and they could do the artwork. And so the first piece that was the Genesis piece of, of async art was called the first supper. And, you know, 13 artists came together. They all contributed a layer character of a character at a t dinner table, which was a remix of Da Vinci's last supper. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was the first piece where you could actually own a layer of the piece as opposed as opposed to only the, the, the static render. And the idea is that once you own a layer, you could manipulate the master image through like certain abilities given to you by the artist, like like state change or positional change. Can we do something fun and just try and shout out all 13 of those artists? Look, I, yeah, I got I got at least like Matt Kane, Malibdity, yeah. Malibdity. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Josie. We've got... Yep. Black Black Box, yeah. Dot Art Sparrow. Um, we've got Connie Digital. Yep, got Shortcut. Shortcut, good one. Yep. Twisted Vacancy. Twisted Vacancy's in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh gosh, we're six short. That feels impossible. Oh, the, oh, there's some big ones there. Um, X Copy. Oh, X <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hackatow. Hackata, Coldy, um, the late a lot of money, yeah, Rutger Vandertoss, Rutger, amazing. So and all Van design, and Vans design. All <laughs> to say, all to say, like if you need like original names of people who really poured their heart and soul and represented the space in the right way, go check out that piece. Those thirteen artists. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm obviously a bit biased, but I think it's. I think it's definitely like the top three or five most important crypto art pieces I think so far. Cause like it's representative of like the time, like the, the space of the time, like it was so collab. I mean, it is collaborative now in new ways, but like at the time it was so underground. It was just like Twitter and people just chatting. Man, number one, it's number one because it represents, <laughs> <laughs> I think because it represents like the, the birth, the emergence of what was and is still, um, yeah. the, the center of the space, right? The ability to collaborate across artists. It's not like one artist working for themselves. It's everybody together at the table. It was this group of artists driving things forward. Um, and that was the original vision. And like, I was just speaking earlier with somebody. It's like the artist taught me um, mm. what it should be. You know, my response to do the project that I did was in response to their vision, their values for what this should be. And we've seen a change. Um, yeah. I, yeah, the artists are really driving it, and you know, I think we come in for a little bit, and then they surprise all of us. Like, oh wow, this is deeper than I thought it could go. <laughs> yeah, and Medikovan owns that piece. Yeah, and I've heard that that was the the auction around that. Like, he didn't have his brand yet as Medikovan. He was like this, like he'd been buying up some thing. He bought up some like land in some of the metaverses, but like I've heard that that auction is what inspired his like his his drive to have like this this entity and character. Um, and he went on to do the, the Beeple sale, which blew up crypto art. So, yeah, that piece was definitely like a, a spawn of like a lot of different threads. And interesting fact, uh, 
is that Connie Digital still owns his lair. Yes, he was the only artist who didn't sell it. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's he, so Connie's really cool. Um, he's the first crypto artist I ever interacted with. Initially on Twitter, we did a collaboration where um, I did some development work for him. Like I built a Twitter bot for him and he, he paid me an NFT. So he gave me two of his pieces for it. Cool. Uh, just all around super cool guy. Uh, his galleries and crypto voxels were what inspired me to like, dive deeper into CD because I initially bought like one parcel and like I kind of like slept on it. I was like, all right, this this world's kind of gray and white and bland and like I don't see much. And then his gallery had like brick wall textures and like it didn't look like a CD build. It looked like an actual like alleyway. It was super cool. And um, he's big on scent at the time. Scent was like yep. where a lot of activity was going on. So yeah, Connie pulled me into NFTs really and, and CD. I uh, I think you are one of many many people that would yeah. give Connie his flowers for that. Like, yeah, and social so, currency, Hugh before a roll, first one. Yeah, man, yeah. the days, <laughs> the days. I don't want to reminisce too much because I think a lot of the context will be lost. Uh, yeah. but maybe maybe we can just perhaps like compare and contrast it to uh, sure. how do you feel about the current state of the market. Yeah, I was just talking to someone. Well, I mean, I talk about it every week, but like talking with someone yesterday, you know, it's bigger for sure. I think it's bigger and it came here faster than any of us could have expected. Like we were all thinking, oh, like in 10 years, maybe people will be like talking about this stuff. And like, holy shit, like already a year later, like everyone knows what an NFT is, at least. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, everyone's sick of it, uh, mainstream sick of it, but it's here. Um, I'd say it's it's good. It's It's gone mainstream. But I think, at least for me personally, it kind of reminded me like of why I was drawn to it in the first place. Like, because I liked NFTs of like the underground aspect of it and the fact that it was kind of cool and edgy and that it was holistic. Like everyone was like altruistic. I mean, like everyone, people were just like giving away NFTs at the time. You know, people were just like being really friendly. And, and now that NFTs are mainstream, I definitely like I feel a little bit of jadedness. Like, ah, like this is kind of why like I wanted to be um to have something new, but. It's inevitable. If it was, it's such a cool movement, and it's where art has to go. Then you know, it's it's inevitable. I guess I would have liked a little bit more time before we got here. I think we all would have. Like what what I've come to tell people recently is that like NFTs are dead, but crypto art will live forever, right? So yeah. the I, the idea <laughs> that I think just like NFT, the word is is just decidedly uncool at this point. You know, it has become so blown out of the water, but that spirit for the crypto artist as the hacker looking for something new, looking for that Trojan horse to like move and change the way people think and the way people see is very much alive. Um, and I think like as the outside gets wider and wider, still there is this core of people, certainly obviously people like yourself that like hold the center of what this is and should be and will continue to try and like transmute the purest form of the vision and values out to others. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. It's yeah, it's I, I think we're also like in one of those building phases. Cause like you know, like when the iPhone first came out, it was a big shockwave. And then there's just a couple of years where like people were just like getting iPhones. Like people were just like buying iPhones, they were switching out of their existing plans, and then it, there was like a, a, a lull of it, and then eventually another explosion of like new apps like Lyft and Uber and like you know, ride sharing and, and stuff. And those are apps that couldn't have existed unless you had millions of people already with that device in their True. hand. Yeah. And so now we're like in that phase now. We're like, okay, artists every day are trying NFTs, they're learning about it, they're talking about it in spaces and clubhouses, et cetera. Big companies like 
Behance and Figma and DeviantArt and everyone's like dumping in. I'm like, okay, it's going to be kind of like, it's noisy, but at the same time, it's kind of quiet. Just kind of like, all right, all right, all right. And then who knows, and a year from now, whatever, something big happens, then we have another explosion. Um, I, 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 technically, it's not noisy now. It's still, it's still, it's not quiet now. It's noisy, but it's kind of quiet compared to other periods. I like very much agree with that. Like we are uh, perhaps like minting the smallest possible Lego blocks, right? Yeah. And like that JPEG attached to that token, you know, like Lego blocks of the metaverse, um, which is, you know, some dream tech space that really doesn't exist. And we like glimpsed in crypto voxels and we kind of like can glimpse in Decentraland Somnium space. And yeah, um, why don't I just ask more of like, what are the like philosophical implementations? Uh, how do you, what do you want to see in the metaverse? What is a metaverse for you? Yeah, I mean, I'll say one thing. I, I do want to visit the metaverse more often again. Like back in 2019 um, and early 2020, the space was small enough that like when someone held an event in CryptoVoxels, it would be like everyone in NFT land would like go there and hang out there like that weekend. And maybe it was because of COVID, but like I think it was also just the space. And nowadays, like the past six months, I haven't really been in the metaverse. I've just, I've been busy, but also I've been, it just hasn't really pulled me in. So I'm, I'm hoping that this year and the next, like we get back to that because like that's a lot of fun. Um, I don't have time to game, but I would love if I spent like some percentage of my day and week in the metaverse. Like, like we need to get off Discord and Twitter. Like that, like metaverse needs to be like one of those spaces. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think it's promising though. There's a couple new platforms that are coming out or that are already out, like Mona Gallery on Cyber, yep. and they're kind yep. of like these hybrid approaches. So they're not like full on block by block building like CryptoVoxels, and they're also not super high polished the way that Decentraland is. But they're like in the middle where like 3D builders who work with like Unity can just like tokenize their Unity projects and like plug and play. So I'm hoping that's like that, that middle ground where like it's high fidelity enough, but like more performant than uh, CryptoVoxels, which is still a little bit broken in some ways. Yep. Um, and hopefully those spaces start to like propagate out and, and maybe we'll be having interactions like this in the metaverse, like in some of those worlds. I, I mean, I love that idea. I think what, what we... Because land is no longer cheap, right? So you cannot invite the tinkerers into these places like you used to. Um, yeah. So now people have decided to build companies that, again, like give free tools back to the creators to explore and develop and implement their own uh, spaces. And I've always said like the end goal for metaverse land is to be as ubiquitous as a web page, right? Yeah, so people yeah, exactly. People will drive down like the cost of acquisition uh, so that it is not limited. Like the digital land in the metaverse is not a scarce asset. So why are we kind of like bringing artificial scarcity to that? Yeah, I think um, it's tough because like I know CV originally had like this thing around uh, CryptoVoxels had, had like scarcity and origin city. There's only going to be like, a finite number of parcels and they pivoted. So now it's like, OK, there's just now islands being minted and it did make it more accessible, which is one thing, but like it kind of took the incentive out of like, I remember like I was like a basic developer. I was like strategically buying land. I was looking for good mm. architects to like hire and develop. And I was doing mm. that in part because like, ah, I will make a profit at some point by investing and in building a really cool district. And now like I haven't done that because it's kind of lost. And I'm like, ah, oh, now people, anyone can get land. So I can buy land whenever I need. I don't need to like develop this one area. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's hard to strike that balance because like you want to have people, 
you don't want to bring artificial scarcity in for the sake of scarcity, but you want to have some incentive for like people with capital to come in and like and really invest their time and effort to get quality experiences built. It's a tricky challenge. I always go back to again like a a lot of money was like such a big reason for me the voxel hotel yeah. like <laughs> the creativity of this it was just like yeah. it gives me shivers and to think of like the parties that they threw and the art that they installed and like everybody together in that space might have been 50 100 people um yeah. i'm i, I miss that a lot too yeah yeah like yeah like and I'll remember maker's place when they built their headquarters they were doing like meet and greets with artists sometimes uh known origin yeah. did a couple like private auctions in there um yeah those were really fun and they were yeah high quality builders high quality you know sponsors and uh yeah i, I remember those i remember almost all those events yeah and then you know decentraland got wind and they started opening up and like building galleries for people and then we kind of like experimented there yeah the whole thing was very very crazy so but but what is it that you know let me try and frame the question right. Like, mm. what were you trying to achieve? Because again, one, you have like incredible mm. taste. You're just like a natural developer and you're mm. like a community <laughs> figurehead. So like, what were you trying to achieve in like beginning to, because I know sure. what I was doing with like the museum, right? Mm. It, but I'm curious, like what you were trying to accomplish. I mean, with Ace and Gart, the original idea, I think about legacy a lot. Like I literally think about legacy every night before I go to bed. And I was like, all right, how do I, I saw an opportunity like, all right, crypto art is emerging. I have a chance to be early on in this. I want to build some legacy up and like, you know, ha like at least be a footnote in like some history book. And I was like, all right, hopefully the art history book. So I would love for like the idea of programmability and dynamic aspects to art just to be like ingrained in every artist. Not saying that they're all going to be incorporating those elements, but just the way that if you're classically art trained, you'll learn about anatomy, composition, depth, all that you should still learn about interactivity and like you might choose to ignore it in your piece if you want, but at least you know, like how the great people in the past have used it. Cause like we have had art installations. You can go to the MoMA and there'll be an interactive art installation. Oh, you can move this layer or whatever you want, but that'll be like one installation by like one big artist. We need to get to the point where every artist, every artist walking around is thinking about that. Cause that'll elevate what art is. It'll elevate, you know, art, you know, connects people, expresses people, it changes the world. Like if we can add more, tools to art like that, then like the world will continue to change in there. So it all stemmed back to like, Hey, let me just like try to build some legacy and, and, and make a dent here in a positive way. Well, you certainly have, that's like undeniable. And like what I love about the company, of course, is like so much of your DNA and personal values are really built into it. Mm -hmm. Um, because you see obviously like the penchant for community, multiple ownership, like something new and novel and like the experiment and you continue to experiment and build with like music and, and the generative. Um, but something that also really struck me, I don't know if it's still the case, but I think, you know, your desire is really to just like make open source tools for people to kind of like use and create the, the artwork as they see fit. Yeah, I mean, try and try and get as many people as possible to try this out and uh, and bring new ideas in. Um, not just trying to make a quick buck. I, I think the, the quick bucks are it's easier to make money in this space than, than building a whole platform and, and doing it that way. Um, but yeah, you know, just trying trying to do that and it's tough. I think the space it's it's there's so much energy and momentum right now around mainstream stuff and there's scams and there's rug pulls. So it is tough to like just like keep that core ideas going and I, and there are a lot of people in the space at least trying trying to do it so it's luckily they're there 
how did it feel once like marketplace after marketplace started spinning up? I mean, there must be hundreds of marketplaces for NFTs at this point. But there nobody, are. I must say, does anybody do what you do? I mean, so art blocks is art blocks. I would say is, is generative art. Uh, it's slightly yeah. different because it's you know for, for for programmers. I'd say it's similar. Uh, snark art, an experimental art platform, has like some occasional one-off uh, things that like are kind of like async pieces. Like oh, here's like a video split into like ten thousand pieces and stuff. Um, no one's doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, I think because a lot of the companies like there's a lot of money made just in like just do an NFT a minting platform and like and then get some really big names in there. Now, that's that's like probably the easiest way to like make money. Yeah. Uh, right now so i think that's why people are, are going for the low-hanging fruit but we're going for like the next generation because like once all these artists start learning the tools and they get familiar artists are going to want to push the envelope and they're going to be like i want to do more than just like tokenize like my instagram feed and so like eventually they're going to be like all right i want to add interactive components i want to be dynamic because uh, artists want to stand out um so that's where we're building we're, we're trying to like build for the, the next generation of nfts um just focus on the creation, the tooling, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of noise in the space, and it is challenging. I, I took a break from Twitter last year for a few months just because, like, just too noisy. Smart too much guy. And too much. <laughs> Smart guy. This is what keeps me up. <laughs> uh, can we? Let's talk about one more thing. Uh, yeah. Like related to legacy, of course, because it, what again? What I love about you is all your ideas eventually come into usable and practical practical tools for people. So let's talk about NFT Scribe. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, and why? what okay, is it? So, yeah. Yeah. So Scribe is a, it's a, just, it's a simple contract. It's like 40 lines of code. The idea is that there's a list of messages on chain attached to every um, NFT, every contract and, and, and token ID. And the idea is you can add a message to that list only if you're the current owner of that NFT. So the idea is not like if an NFT comes in your possession, you can like write a message just like you would if you had like a used book. You could open the pages and see like previous owners and what they wrote. You could add your own and then pass it on and, or, you know, once it sells or once you give it away. Um, I think the idea was around, you know, could a, could a piece more, be more valuable if a, a famous person owned it? Like if there's like two identical editions uh, of a piece, if Vitalik owns one and like, you know, for a period of time, that one should be more valuable because that was actually in his wallet, in his hands. He interacted with that one. Um, so that was, I think, the the intent around it. And artists have used, you know, used it really creatively, creatively. You know, people have done like little puzzles in, they, in there. They've scribed puzzles and messages. Um, people have done gifting. Like I have an NFT, I scribe a message, I gift it to you. It's kind of like a, a fun thing. For a while, I was scribing all my tokens with like, if the artist got like featured in the gallery or, or written up in an interview, I would just like append a message there because it was like the one canonical place where like anyone could look up and like, I don't follow artists on Twitter, but let me look on the chain and see if there's anything here. Um, now it got expensive. Gas fees got crazy expensive after, you know, like a year after. So, um, people were still scribing. Matt Cain was still scribing, but like other people, it, it just became pretty expensive. Yeah, no. And I have to say we cribbed a lot of that, uh, kind of with our, our museum tech, but we, oh, okay, cool. we allow for scribe messages on Polygon. Um, nice. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, like 100 and 140 characters, anybody can write, or maybe it's 280. Anybody can write anything and it kind of goes into like that, that polygon um, commentary. Uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Try, I'll try that out. I, I do have some polygon interviews now. 
Cool. Well, it's it's for NFTs on Ethereum, but the comment itself just runs on Polygon. Oh. So so we end up eating the gas, the min, the nominal gas fee for everybody to like leave their comments on chain. Got it. That's cool. Yeah. All your all your activity on chain, like it is kind of your personality. Like someone could look like if you're interacting every day on the chain, that's like who you are. Like what what art you bid on, what you collected, what parcels you you know, what you scribed, all that stuff. And I said this to somebody earlier as well, like there will be for sure AI machine learning that's going to go back and reconstruct all of those transactions and see kind of like who was following who. And like, yeah. and it speaks to, I mean, you were, uh, you were 100% like a tastemaker and an influencer in my collection. You have like an astoundingly beautiful collection. You have one piece in particular I'm incredibly envious of, and I should have bought it when it was available. Uh, but it's it's this artist cookies. I'm, do you oh, know that one? The Max the Max Cyrus. Yeah, that it makes me laugh one. every time. It makes me laugh every time. Do you? Uh, where did you get your taste? Uh, I I'll just say I have bought a lot of NFTs. So like not all the pieces I got are are, are good. Um, because I buy for different reasons. Sometimes I buy because I like it. Sometimes I like, I don't even like the art, but I'm like, I like the message. Uh, and this is just, uh, this needs to be supported. Um, I don't know. I just, I like, I like weird stuff. But I will say this. What's interesting is that once you have a digital display on your wall, um, this is not, this is, uh, I, I'm loaning it out, the, my mural out to someone, but like this is a static one. But um, when you have a digital display, it affects the art that you want to buy and display. Because mm. like, I'll buy a lot of weird, flashy glitch stuff. But then the minute I got to like, load my wallet up and like put on my wall i'm like mm, i don't want like a, a gif i want like a, a like a static texture of something that doesn't change or move i don't think either of us are buying to like go put it on a you know like oh a, yeah 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 a, you know true. i think we both like identify with this like whatever 2070 cyberpunk future where like yeah. it is going to be glitchy and bright and flashy and um so i i yeah yeah, it's it's weird. There is like a conversation with the now and there is a conversation with the future. And there are yeah. a million different reasons, I think, why we collect and buy the things yeah. that we do. Well, sometimes I'll buy something just because something someone deserves it. Like, uh, okay, I missed out on this one, but like the Robness, uh, the McDonald's job application one that he did when yeah. crypto crashed. I don't know if you remember that one, but it was like, he was applying, fake applying for McDonald's. Like he's like- Totally. His, right, and, and like- his achievements were like, oh, I got banned from Super Rare. I like, I, I won this award. It was just super funny. And I was like, all right, that that sort of voice just needs to be supported at this moment. Um, so yeah, I have two. If you want to trade, go for it. No, I'll trade you for, for oh. one of them if you want, or I'll just oh, give okay. you one. Yeah. No, no, I'll, I'll trade you something. I'll, I'll look for something off. I'll, I'll look for a few options. I would love one. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, you you should have oh, one cool. for sure. <laughs> I saw rare. that he I saw that he gave Token Angels the physical. Yeah. It's a brown one. Cool. I I yeah. have a black cube. He, he did one a funny one. It's just a it's just a black circle, but it's supposed to be a three D rotating black sphere. And then just you can't based tell. On, based that, on that was, yeah, those are the spheres that are really popular. Yeah. I, do you feel that that spirit is lost? Do you feel that like um, perhaps like that playfulness, that fun, that hack everything? Let's hack each other. Let's be like very playful in the moment. I kind of feel like that is lost. Yeah, I think it's. I think people are still doing it, but I think it gets drowned out. I think you know, funny moments like that come, and like again, the space used to be so small, but like someone just like that, and like oh, people will talk about it for like the next week. But now it's like you do it, and then a few hours later, it's like oh, here's some big crazy 
robot PFP thing that's that did ten million dollars in sales, and like that, and people already move on to it. Um, so I think people within the community know those moments, but yeah, I think you're right that for the large community as a whole, they, they don't even know. And the sad part, I don't even think some of these new people don't even care. They're here for the money. They're here for like the the followers. The I don't want to get I don't want to get jaded. Too dark. I'm a little, you know, yeah, a little bit dark. But I'm a little jaded. Um, I am too. I don't know. I think there was that first generation, first and second generation, like it was weird, and they liked the humor. They liked that the stuff. They're still yeah. out there. I'll say. All those people are still out there, but everybody, the, the, it's just, we need to find a way to like, like shift the conversation around that back to somewhere other than like an algorithm that I think is designed to make us like consume and buy. Um, yeah, like Twitter and Instagram, they're, 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 the algorithms exactly are that they're, yeah. they're surfacing the, the content that gets clicks and stuff. It's like, we need a yeah. social network that's like around I don't know, proof of patronage or how long you've been on there. Like, and maybe your comments get more weight because you've hold this NFT for longer or something. Like someone yeah. needs to do a better social network for NFTs. And it's hard because a million have tried, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a million try. Um, yeah. So much of it is, yeah. Responsiveness to the data that we are being fed and we feel in control of that graph, but we're, we're really not. Um, yeah. uh, do you have a favorite piece on async art? Um, I have a, uh, it really changes. Like I, I, I always say a favorite piece and then like a piece will come out like a month later. I'm like, oh, this is my new favorite. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all the classic pieces, the first supper, um, the tribe by Pac, yeah. um, a lot of money's dictatorship, which is a, an, an autonomous piece. Um, Osinachi's yeah. choose the man. Those are all the first generation of pieces. Like. I really liked them. I'm biased, but I do think people's best works tend to be on async. Um, I Trevor agree. Jones and a lot of money, Eve Boy, right? It's the yeah. ones where they put a ton of effort in. But I'd say recently the blueprints are really, I'm really excited about the blueprints that are coming out because like, because when you pull it, they're randomly generated. Like there's a little bit of surprise. Like you don't actually know what you're going to get, which is different yeah. than a regular piece, which like you, you buy it and you get it. Um, I'd say one of the blueprints that was really interesting recently, or there are two, they're both pixely. One of them was Defiant Squid's village um, of unlimited potential. Super cute. All the villages look really nice and they all have a little monument in the background. Mine had a horse, but sometimes the monument's like a little cat guy or, or portal or gate or something. Um, that was fun. I did a little haiku thread where I was like, hey, do a haiku of your village and a bunch of people were doing that. Mm. Um, and then another one was this uh, Our Lady of Non-Fungibility super simple it was like these relics like a bone or like a spleen or a heart in like a case but it's pixel and uh it's just super cool and it kind of reminds me of like old retro rpgs of like you get like an artifact and uh, anyway God, just look it up and you'll see it but it's it's very very cool do you want to explain the uh concept to people kind of like the idea of one of one of one yeah so um there's really yeah there's two types of art in async now there's the first one which is like the layer pieces so imagine there's like I just use the same example all the time. Let's say there's like a Western landscape. Um, on another, another platform, you would like paint a cowboy racing across the desert. That's a static image. You tokenize that. You do multi-edition. You do single edition, whatever you want. On async, you would say, you know what? I painted three versions of the, of the night sky, day, night, lightning. I'm going to make all those three states be in one background layer. And now someone can actually buy and own the background layer, and they can determine which state is active as a background holder. And the cowboy um i painted 10 different versions of outfits in different states of his attire and maybe some are like pristine and clean some are like tattered and he's tired 
and the owner of the cowboy can choose which state that the cowboy's right in. And so that's an example of like, you know, you'd have multi-ownership. So you'd have someone become the background if they own it, someone become the cowboy. And that's like the basic one of one model for async. The blueprints, you build a piece exactly the same, but you flip it. So that when people buy it, they're buying these static one of one randomly generated from all the possibility additions. So if there are three backgrounds and three cowboys and three different sun states, when you buy one, you're going to get one of the random additions that's possible. Now it's unique. It won't be, it won't be, there'll be no other versions that are like it. Um, and it's kind of a new, it's kind of like a way to like have like a quantum painting. That's like, there's, a, there might be 10,000 possibilities or 10 million possibilities. And when someone buys it, it collapses it down in like one possible instance. Um, those are cool because you buy into a community. They're usually offered at a lower price point. Um, and it's kind of fun to be in a club with a bunch of other like-minded people. But those are the two distinct di and differentiations. And those are generated on Mint. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got hopelessly addicted to Rutgers on that. Oh, the the portrait one he did, the 51 the or 54 The portrait one. Yeah. It was yeah. so, so beautiful. So Rector's pieces, like, I always got to look at them twice because I don't, like, my. it's like my brain doesn't understand how the layering, how he's able to do it. Like, his pieces look like they're, like, almost 3D sometimes. Like, they'll have, like, a, like an actual photograph and, like, a texture, like a painting. But that painting's actually, like, the bottommost layer. It's super weird. Um, and his first supper character, same thing. It's, like, the character, like, holding the, the TNT. But, like, anyway, yeah. So, Rec Rec yeah, Rutgers pretty amazing. His, his work is off the charts. Yeah. And I agree with you. And in, and generally, whenever, like, if anybody asks me where I think the value is left in the space, I, I think the value is generally on async, right? It's, um, I, I think that, I think that, yeah. I think, I think there's stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I do think people put their best work into it. Because there just has to be something more. Like, it's like, we are so done with JPEG to token. You know, yeah, like, I know. It's, it's, we cannot run this forever and ever because it's like, what is this? Um, and it's been like, it's just too low of a barrier of entry to call it art, especially when people are like not attaching intention or not attaching depth, you know, like make a piece and then go use scribe, like sign something into it. Give, give, like there needs to be more substance. And for me, I'm I'm certainly tired. I'm certainly jaded, but I'm looking for that next evolution. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. It's um, I haven't been buying as many pieces in part because I'm busy, but also part because I'm I'm a little fatigued. I'm like, all right, let me, yeah, let, let me let me see what let me wait for something big that really excites me to come out. Yeah, um, hoping for this interoperability or utility. You know, um, so we we announced this partnership with Mona. Where you have these like virtual metaverse metaverse spaces. Right now, they're open to the public. So Xcopy launched his like Grifter Bar, and it's open to the public. But at some point, it will be gated so that if you have a token within his his PFP, you get access to it, and they'll hold start holding events in there and stuff. So you know that's just one example. But like I'd like to see like I get to my NFT and now I can actually use it for things and like like token gated is like a really simple example. But like just in general, I'd love to just start using my NFTs more because I have so many. And it's like a, I want to use them for yeah. something. Yeah. Um, Rather than just, a, you know, the the ultimate utility cannot just be the profile picture. Yeah, that's like the first thing. 
cool. But then yeah. now it's like, what else can I do? Like, I mean, yeah, just like stick. I mean, I don't know, stickers, maybe social clout. Like I, I post a lot. I'll post like an Instagram. I don't know. Like just bring the NFTs in there. Cause like those are maybe when I play games, I don't know. We've recently been doing a lot of work with Mona as well. Um, mm. I, I like that evolution, you know, we're bringing kind of like this concept of uh, rooms of the museum to be kind of like yeah. designed and uploaded by other people's collections into this, trying to return it to like the community, uh, getting curation out of our hands and, and into more hands of like collectors and artists. Um, so I, I do see the, the conversation beginning to kind of shift back like into different corners, different pockets, um, people yeah. finding, you know, mutual common interests in different places. Um, yeah. I remember you, the, the, you recently launched the, the rooms yeah. concept. For, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I envision the museum of crypto art conceptually, like, you know, like that's sort of like the library of Borges or, um, Oh, the, the library of Babylon, I think it's like sure. this like, infinite library where like every book that's ever existed is somewhere in that library. And like, you can go find it yep. or like even this conversation, like there's a book that has this exact conversation somewhere. Um, it's kind of how I imagine the museum of crypto art. Like it's like, it's not one place. It's like this like endless library you could go explore. I mean, that's, that's kind of really just the idea. There's only so much that we can do. Right. But then you begin to give, you know, direction, power to people within it and it becomes its own world unto itself. And that world becomes the idea of a museum. And if there are people curating different pockets of it, uh, then, you know, Giselle can put up a show on photography and people can go and they can go see like her work, um, or whoever's work she chooses to showcase, uh, because frankly, like, how do we invert uh, that like very hierarchical curation pyramid and really enable people to be like both, you know, are all artist, collector, curator, um, because we have the tools to allow that. And there's like the right personalities to to be empowered in those ways. So trying to I think we were all trying to like escape the box of being just that one thing. And that hyperstatic yeah. life, you know, it's it's like what you realized with the art. It doesn't just have to be the one thing. Um, it can be many things and dynamic and show different faces, different aspects aspects of itself at many times. And it can be like owned and influenced and controlled by, you know, a, a small circle of people around it. Yeah, it's stuff that's the space is so no- there's I mean, there's almost too many things going on that it's hard to like really deep dive on one. Cause like, I find yeah. myself, I'll look at like one art piece and I'm like, oh man, if I had time, like I would just like build like a whole thing, just this art piece and like in an experience and interactive. And then like I said, like already a week later or like a few days later, there's already another piece. I'm like, oh, I'm on the next thing. And like, I, yeah, I think it's just that way for, no one's no one's wanting to like, wants to stay in one place and, and dig deep in and really explore something. They're like, oh, let's move on to the next one. Man, super, super relevant. It's like for every one person that wants to dig in and go back and talk about history and right, there's a hundred people that just want to move forward. They're just like producing, producing, producing. And I don't know if that's just like a sign of the times where and this and the sign of the means because it's digital that there is just like a pattern to to produce and just leave it for somebody else to kind of deal with. Um, yeah, I hope that's not the case. But I, I struggle with it too of like the, the more backwards 
we tried to be at the museum, it seems the less and less people care. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like museums are struggling to get people to look at old stuff. Um, and it's, it's true in this metaverse too, right? Like, yeah, if you focus on like, Hey, here's artwork from like 2018, 2019, the newer people coming in, they're like, I want to you know about the new, new collections that's out, you know, what's yeah. the floor price? <laughs> what's the, what's the maximum transact? Um, yeah. Purchase for yeah. transaction. Um, I don't know. It might just be the current, the current time we're in though. You know, I think, um, still some cool stuff going on and people come back. Pe some people take a break, they come back, they come back and recharge. Yeah. Any last words, where to find you, uh, anything that you want to share. So if you can find me on Twitter, on Twitter slash Conlon, C-O-N-L-E-N, but, uh, async art is a better way to, to find all the, the general stuff. Cause I post weird things sometimes. So async art, Twitter slash async art or the website async.art. Um, and the one thing I guess I've been saying this a lot, but I'll continue saying it. Like, I guess the thing I would love to share is that, um, artists definitely try out all the platforms. Don't just find one and stick with it. NFTs are medium in themselves. So you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't try out everything at least once. Just get a sense of what they all do. They all have pros and strengths and weaknesses. Um, and platforms and entities and everyone in the space needs to try to work together more um, because otherwise we end up replicating the Web2 world where everyone's just trying to suck as much time and attention into like their little garden. And then at that point, why even have a blockchain if you're going to do that? Wise words, man. I'll say like, <laughs> I'll say what I got out is just like be weird, hack everything, and have some fun. Um, yeah, have fun. There you go. That's just, that, I like that one. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the time, Conlin. Uh, I'm Colborn Bell, Museum of Crypto Art, and thank you to Deminty. Breaking news.